You're listening to Convergence Podcast. For the emotionally and spiritually damaged, there's a better way. You ever find yourself struggling with trusting people, letting people in, uh, finding even a sort of wimpy reason to uh, uh, branch out a little bit? You know, I I struggle with that um, a lot. Um, I have for a long, long time. And I think one of the the big things that gets in the way of that is uh, pain from my past. And uh, just that, that pain causes a fear within me that, you know, if I open up to this person, then it's going to result in the same thing that happened in the past. And um, I was praying to the Lord, and I really felt like I, I needed to do a kind of a, a podcast about this, but not in a typical um, in the typical way you would expect from Convergence. It's more of just a reflective podcast. Um, I took some time and, and wrote some thoughts down on what I was thinking about the subject, and uh, you're going to hear that in a minute. But uh, I just wanted to, to say that um, in the end, um, I am continuing to work through this, and uh, some days are better than others. Some days I take a lot of risk, and I really throw myself out there, and it's great. It feels great, um, and there are other times I throw myself out there, and it's like, wow, that really was not good. Um, you know, someone might ignore what you said, or they don't laugh at the joke that you cracked, or uh, you. it could be anything. I mean, I don't have to make a huge list here, but um, I think in, at the end of the day, you have to decide for yourself if that risk is worth it, and I think that it is. It is worth... Um, taking the risk and you know there, there's a lot more to this um, and I, w- I want to continue Lord willing I want to continue to talk about this um, so I'm not I'm not going to go too too far into it today just some words for for thought mostly um, but I do Lord willing want to get into more of the um, kind of the biblical aspects of relationships with people and I'm not necessarily talking about marriage or anything like that I'm mostly talking about community um, and intentional community Um, even the point of going to church you know a lot of people think they don't need to go to church Um, but I I don't think that that's that's true I think we we do need to go to church um, for for the sake of a community, um, and I'll, I'll get into that in, in later podcasts, but I hope you guys enjoy what you hear, um, it's, it's pretty short today, I, I didn't, uh, it's not going to be like a typical hour podcast, it's pretty short, um, but, uh, just remember guys, uh, you're better in this moment than you were a moment ago, 
and um, things things will get better. I've been going through a time of learning how to trust people in a new way, a deeper and more authentic way. I've been thinking deeply on these things, like the weight of costs to trust people. I've been thinking about how people come and go. They change over time, sometimes rapidly and sometimes so slowly it's almost unrecognized unless you are reunited with them after many years. I've been thinking about the generations, different times and seasons, the world changing but staying the same in so many ways. What strikes me now is what typically strikes me around this time of the year. I miss my grandmas, two of which passed away in 2010, and then my third grandma passed away this year. I think about the lives that they lived. I think about what their day-to-day -day lives looked like, and how many people they met in their lives, how many different jobs they had, how many different places their feet have walked on the earth, the lives they built, and what has been left behind. At this point, it lay in fragments through pictures dating back to the 50s or old cassette tapes of my grandma Osbacher doing what she loved most, playing the piano. I see what's left behind in my grandpa's eyes, who lost his mother-in-law, wife, and second wife. He knew all three of these great women and lived life with all three of them. He, alongside my grandma, built a life together, had two kids, who in turn had me, my sister, and my cousins, who in turn had kids of their own. My grandpa has seen all of that, just as my great-grandma saw it from her eyes. How many people hurt my grandmas along the way? How much of this mattered later in their lives? I'm sure that some of the hurt they experienced followed them for many years. Some of it may have even followed them to death, but I have a feeling most of the pain did not. Most of it died off in the past. Even a great pain lasting 10 years seems minuscule when you think of my great-grandma living to the age of 104. Both of my other grandmas died in their 70s, but a great 10-year pain is only a seventh of their lifetime. This leads me to really think about the fear of others hurting me. It's something always droning in the back of my head. It's the fear that I let shut me down when people are too close. I didn't see this fear in my grandma's. I saw a true, authentic, communal intentionality in their friendships. Like anyone listening to this podcast, I have been hurt by people at points in my life. I struggle to let go of that hurt. There are some pains in my life that I have chose forgiveness sometimes daily and other times during specific points, but in general the pains people have caused aren't held on to as a grudge as much as I hold on to it as a learning lesson. The corny saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me an unspoken acceptance that you will hurt me, it's just a matter of when and how. Like some kind of self-fulfillment, 
as if I have somehow looked into the future successfully. It happens. Hence, people, advertent protection plan is fulfilled and reinforced. Now, I will say that I think there is a wisdom in being cautious around other people. You do have to be careful how vulnerable you allow yourself to be with people. And thinking of your inner self as some kind of house, there are certain rooms that only select people should be allowed to enter. The problem is, I don't want most people to get past the living room. There are many people that are congregated in this room, and there are select people within this crowd that want to see the rest of the house, but I will not let them in to see it. I love solitude, but I am driven to push past that self-indulgent place by a strong desire to walk with people in their pain to Jesus. How many times do I hear the knock on the door and I don't answer? Am I going to let a 10-year pain isolate me for 60 more years? Am I going to let someone disappointing me stop me from letting myself bond in a deep friendship with someone else? And this is just the beginning, really, because I haven't talked about my own blame in all of this. The weight of my own guilt. You can spend your whole life seeing everyone else with a knife and the holes in your back. Or you can stop, look down, and see the knife in your own hand as well. I have hurt people, let them down, tore them down, used them, lied to them, and so on. I could be the source of someone's tenure pain. The truth is, I could start the process tomorrow without being aware of it. There is a chance the person who has hurt you, or someone who has hurt me, has no clue they have done so. That's the other thing that gets so easily crossed. Though I have grown, and don't think this so much anymore, but sometimes I still find myself thinking that everyone who hurts me is fully aware that they are doing so. Then you look past that too, the world around you. You see the people on the streets, shootings, violence, hatred, yelling, gossip, mocking, fighting, cheating, stealing, and you feel more entrenched in your philosophy of survival. To truly love requires risk. To keep yourself and your life private and secluded is a death. What will it take for me to stop risking? Or to keep risking? Do I need to look beyond me? And I think I know clearly the answer to that is yes. There is much more to life itself than I, but there would still be a void beyond that, and I say that because nothing really compels me to do much more. But when I look beyond what is before me, I find a much deeper thing still. Jesus and the words of God who made it and rules it. God's word compels me to push past myself. God's spirit moves within me to think about more than the world inside my head and break into the actual world around me. I can control the world in my head. There is a sense of general predictability in this world. I have the formulas all laid out, so when I am hurt, I can turn to the formulaic escape way from myself and others. 
when I'm out here in the actual world, I can't rely on those things unless I jump back into my head. That sounds kind of crazy. I really hope that makes sense to you guys. I don't really know how else to explain it. And I say it to you in this way because I have a deep sense that we all do it. That's why reflecting back on my grandma's lives is so eye-opening to me. Now, could they have been doing the same thing that I'm doing now? Yeah. But I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the substance of their lives, which forces me to wrestle with people-caused pain in a different way. Couple that with the deeply rich Word of God, and I am faced with a strong sense that it only makes sense that I force myself out of my head and force myself to stick around in this crazy world intentionally with others every day. It brings into focus for me that pains are so temporary, and even more so, there are many, many, many people who are not hurting me. And I'm going to say that again. There are many, many, many people who are not hurting me. Think about all the people my great-grandma knew and was intentional with in her lifetime. I see in the pictures combined with the memories of her, hundreds of people, and that doesn't even include all the people I never knew. A whole lifetime in many ways that I never saw. She was 84 when I was born, if my math's right, which is in many ways, and I would say most cases, a lifetime for most of us. I have seen through her and through my grandma a profound thing that I can't quite grasp, and my grandpa too. My great-grandma outlived her parents, siblings, many of her family members, many friends, a husband, granddaughter, daughter, my grandma who died a couple weeks before her. My grandpa has also outlived his parents, most of his siblings, his daughter, his wife, his second wife, many friends, and many family members. There is something to be learned through this, and I know in time God will reveal that to me. It is something beyond what is obvious. One thing I have to say stands out to me and shines through is how beautiful life really is. If you are like me and read a book or watch a movie or something like that and cherish the world it brings you into and yearn for even a piece of that op to open up to the world you are in, um, we have those relationships, fun times and memories, if we allow ourselves to experience them. God clearly made all of us to be connected in this moment together. Not at all in a cheesy kind of way, but what would it hurt if it was that kind of way for a moment? Even in the darkest, most cruel point in our lives, and in my life, I can't... I can find a good moment with someone else. These are all things to think about.